Heavenly Father, we pray that you would speak to us now, that we would hear your voice, that we would know your Spirit's presence with us, that we would be confirmed in the hope that we have through our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray this in his precious name. Amen. The price was heavy, but it was worth it. Words taken from a letter written by a soldier in the Royal Irish Fusiliers to his parents shortly after the Battle of the Somme 100 years ago. When we hear of the dreadful conditions that the soldiers faced, the sea of mud in the trenches, cold and damp from the rain, the rats and the lice, the constant danger, we might wonder what kept them going. The answer, of course, was victory. To win the war, they would put up with anything. As this particular soldier said, the price was heavy, but it was worth it. Their sufferings wouldn't compare with, to the victory that was to come. That same idea is what lies behind our reading from Romans chapter 8 today. And it would be helpful if you turn back in the service sheet to find it uh, so that you can follow along with what it says. So let's see how Paul says it in verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. It's as if Paul has a pair of scales, you know the old balancing scales that maybe some people still have. And in one side he puts the sufferings we endure. And on the other side the glory to be revealed. And it's not that they're neck and neck. That they're very close. They're just about the same. No, Paul says there is no comparison. The glory completely surpasses and totally outweighs the sufferings. That we endure here and now. Now it's not that Paul doesn't know what he's talking about. When he talks about suffering. You see in another letter in the New Testament. He outlined some of what he had endured. Beatings. Stonings. Shipwrecks. Constant danger. Toil and hardship. Hunger. Thirst in cold. And exposure. He knew what it was to suffer. So he's not making light of suffering. Rather he makes much of the glory to be revealed. So why does he say that? Why can he say verse 18? Well it's because of verse 19. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. 
Perhaps you know some people who are eagerly waiting for Christmas. It's just seven weeks away today. They're counting down the days that they know how many sleeps it is that they just can't wait. Well, Paul says that the whole of creation, the natural world around us, is waiting like that, with eager longing. Not for Christmas, but for the revealing of the sons of God. Creation can't wait until God's children are revealed. It's as if it's standing on tippy toes. Watching for that moment. Why? Well that's what verse 20 tells us. For the creation was subjected to futility. Not willingly. But because of him who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself. Will be set free from its bondage to corruption. And obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Right now, creation is subjected to futility. It's in bondage to corruption, as Paul says. Now, I don't need to tell you that. You experience it every day. As things wear out or break down. As the lovely piece of fruit that you were going to eat has turned brown or black and mouldy the thorns and thistles and weeds spring up as the hymn puts it change and decay in all around I see it's the world as we know it but it's not the way the world was made to be Our first reading from Genesis 3, it showed us the aftermath of Adam and Eve's decision to rebel against God's gracious rule. The world comes under the curse, but it's in the hope that one day the bondage will cease and creation will share in the freedom of the glory of the children of God. No wonder the creation waits eagerly. And then Paul gives us another picture of the creation groaning together in the pains of childbirth. Now I don't really like watching medical programs on TV. But sometimes one born every minute will be on the screen. And even though I'm not watching, I have my hands over my eyes, you can still hear the sounds of the delivery suite. The groans and the pains come. But they are worth it whenever the baby is born. It's as if the creation is groaning, waiting for what comes after the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Just think what this means. The gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus, isn't just about my ticket to heaven. 
The victory Jesus has achieved, the salvation on offer is for the whole creation. Jesus redeems and saves the natural world as he makes the new heavens and the new earth. In verse 23, we see that the experience of the creation is also our experience. As we also long for Christ's return. Paul writes, And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. The we ourselves here is the Christian. The person who is trusting in Christ. Throughout this chapter, Paul is showing us what life as a Christian is like in this world. And here he says that a Christian is someone who has the first fruits of the Spirit. A Christian is someone who has the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. The first fruits, the the, the foretaste of heaven, of glory. It's a bit like when there are cakes or buns being made and you get to lick the bowl. You know that the cake will be good because that first taste, that lick, is very good. Well, the Holy Spirit gives us a taste of heaven here and now. But that first taste only makes you long for the finished article all the more. Having licked the bowl, having smelt the cake as it bakes in the oven, you just can't wait to sample it, to have a slice. So just like the creation, do you see how the same words are used of it and of us? We too groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons. We just can't wait for the glory to be revealed. When we are known for sure as God's children. When our bodies are redeemed and glorified. When we're set free from our sin. And our suffering. And our sadness. This is still ahead of us, as we know only too well in our frail and feeble bodies. In the meantime, we're suffering. We're struggling along, looking forward to what will be with a sure and certain hope. That's what hope is all about, looking forward, eagerly waiting, even though we don't See it now. Because if we already had it, then it wouldn't be hope. No, Paul says that if we wait, sorry, if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Yesterday afternoon I did something that was probably very foolish, but I took two of our nieces into a toy shop. For them to pick what they wanted for Christmas. 
And every aisle that we went into, oh, I've always wanted that. That's something I've always wanted. And I obviously can't afford to buy the whole shop for them. But if we had bought the presents for Christmas yesterday, then they would have known that they already had them. If I had bought them and gave them, gave them to them, then they wouldn't be hoping for them. They wouldn't be looking forward to them. But they know what they want. They know when they're going to get it. If we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So how good are you at waiting? Do you get impatient? Do you feel like giving up? Do you wonder why you're bothering at all? Do you wonder if it's really worth it in the end? Remember what Paul sets before us here. The glory that is to be, re- is to be revealed to us and in us. When we are adopted as God's children and our bodies are redeemed and made new. The glory that will be when this world is redeemed and corruption and decay and sadness and sickness and suffering are no more. With a future as bright as this, as glorious as this. Paul urges us to keep going. Your suffering now may seem overwhelming. You might feel like despairing. But your sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that is to come. This is the promise given to us by God. As he gives us the first fruits. The foretaste of glory in his Holy Spirit here and now. You can know this hope today. You can share in this hope today. This future can be your future. As you receive the promise. As you trust in the one who overturns the curse. So trust in the Lord Jesus. Keep on believing, even in the difficult days, especially in the difficult days. And you too can look forward to the immense glory waiting to be revealed as we wait on tiptoes for the completion of God's purposes, the renewal of all things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the hope that is ours through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that his coming in glory is certain. We pray, Father, that we 
would share in this hope. That it would keep us going through our dark and difficult days. Because that glory far outweighs all our suffering. Father, we look with hope and trust to the Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.